Hey guys, and welcome to Smart Women Read Romance, a book review podcast where we fangirl over all things romance. I'm Jessen. And I'm Juliet. And today we're going to be reviewing When Beauty Tamed the Beast, the second book in Eloisa James's fairy tale series. Yes. But before we dive in, make sure you do all those good things and you hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. And please rate and review us because it helps people find us. Mm-hmm. Juliet and I love getting feedback from you, so follow us on our social media pages at SW read rom and join our close facebook group the spoon zone if you're looking for some extras join our patreon for access to awesome swag free books a look behind the scenes of our episodes and exclusive content including monthly videos featuring q a's and some fun games we're so grateful for all of you patrons you guys rock and we love hanging out with you on patreon all right guys when beauty (laughs) tame the beast i'm so excited oh my goodness so you had fun last night yeah i did um, so Kevin and I went to see a community production of Mamma Mia, uh, the musical. And, um, first of all, it was flipping outstanding. It was, yeah, she was messaging me and she was like, Oh my God, I couldn't even. Okay. So for all of you she listeners, even I couldn't even, I still can't <laughs> even it's ridiculous. I'm trying to put it into words. Um, so any of you who've seen Mamma Mia, maybe in the movies or whatever, it, I feel like it's always a different experience when you see it live on stage well absolutely you know? whenever we saw legally blonde like that was completely, completely different like, different insane. when you see that it's just amazing mm-hmm. it's so moving but um for any listeners who happen to be in my age range <laughs> um will would feel like major nostalgia because when because you know the entire musical is abba is based on the abba songs oh yeah so i remember when i was a little girl we would uh my friends and i who lived down the street we would pull like all our mom's nightgowns out and we would get fake mics and we would blast ABBA and just like sing the songs and oh stuff. Oh my God, I And love it. so I just like listening to the songs, I had chills and I literally did not stop smiling except when I was crying. <laughs> um, I was like, when she sang Winner Takes It All, I'm just like bawling. Oh my God. But it was beautiful. It was such a beautiful experience and it was such a good I feel good movie about women and female relationships. And I just, I don't know. I just went away just feeling so amazing. And, well, those were the best plays to go you know, to. I love awesome. that. I awesome. love that. That's but speaking so good. of singing and stuff, it made me think of you. Why? Okay, so. Oh, my God. Jessen, are you telling one of our little? Telling, I'm telling one of the stories. She's so. telling a story, an embarrassing <laughs> story. So, Jessen, when she was really little and Kevin and I were dating, we would go hang out at his mom's house and Jessen would be visiting. <laughs> and she loved performing and there was a specific song she loved to perform Mm -hmm. it was the um song from titanic celine dion my heart will go on (laughs) my heart will go on she would put on kevin's sister's like prom gown it was like like a sequined a blue sequined blue number from like the 90s and that was like my little performer i also loved wearing my grandmother's slips too that was also like i thought they were dresses i was like yeah put me in this dress yeah we're talking like justin was like five or six years old y'all adorable so Kevin and I would sit there and we would applaud her performances. Didn't somebody so hold funny. like a big flashlight for my spotlight? Yeah, we would, we would, sometimes we had to really. I was the only baby for a really long yes, time. Guys. She was princess. And so, for a and there's long a time. lot of aunts and uncles and, you know, yeah. their Until respective spouses. I had Justin. Exactly. Was so, you were it. for five years, I was the only baby <laughs> and they catered to my every whim. Yes. They watched these performances. I don't know why I like lost that 
Um, I know because that, like, then I'm like very introverted. Yeah, I'm like staged <laughs> right now. I'm like, no spotlight. What are you talking about? Yeah. Oh my God, the memories. I wonder if we have any pictures. Yeah. Y'all have so many pictures o- over at the Judices. Like yep. I feel like I feel like there's some. I have a ton of you and um Justin and oh my God. and video. It makes me want to go grab the DVD that you gave me on my 18th yes. birthday. It was so so. Juliet and her husband were like big into home videos yeah. and. For my 18th birthday, she went through all of her home videos that she was recording, and I pop up in them a lot, and it's really, really <laughs> funny to watch. I wonder if I can, like, get it on my computer and, like, share with y'all on Instagram or oh, something, that would or be maybe the so Spoon cute. Zone. Maybe I can share it on the Spoon Zone, like, a good uh, a good little clip where you can see, like, Juliet as an adult and me as a child. <laughs> y'all, it's so funny. I remember this one video, because, see, when Kevin and I first moved from Baton Rouge to this area, we had to move in with his parents while we were selling our house and stuff so we're all crammed in my in-laws house okay and y'all I love them but <laughs> but however but and, you know and then and Justin was there a lot which was great you know it's it's a big look we're a big freaking family yeah. you know what I mean but I remember like I was trying to feed Justin and Justin had her face and Justin's like like all the little baby like Justin back away so I could feed him like I just remember me like fussing at her and it's so funny to think of our relationship now like yes it's it's hilarious hilarious. but seriously the entire video of like me and her home videos is me just like suffocating her oldest child I'm just like all over him and I'm just like you're my baby it's yeah I definitely had the mother gene like super hard it was maternal you were ready yeah anyway anyway okay so. so I guess we're gonna and bond to when beauty tamed the bees all right so juliet's gonna tell us just a little bit about the book before we get into character descriptions and then our spoiler section this is a dual pov retelling of beauty and the beast set in the regency time period eloisa james spin on the character feels fresh and her witty banter as always, is on point. The injured and surly Earl with the beastly personality meets his match when he finds himself engaged to an incredible beauty who isn't intimidated by him. No, she is not. That's right. Okay, so I don't know if you, like, know me very well by now, by, you know, (laughs) but I'm a huge Beauty and the Beast fan. No, stop it. Get out. Um. (laughs) Especially the '90s version Disney, yeah. like I don't, I don't count this live action shit. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, but I also really, really, really love. I don't know if you've seen it, but I also really love the French La Belle et La Bête movie with uh, Leah Sado and Vincent Cassel. It's French, and you have to watch I have the subtitles. It. it was on Netflix for a while. I don't know if it's still on there. Yeah. I think you would probably have to search it. it I don't mind subtitles at all. That never bothers but me. It's wonderful. It's like. I think it's more based on the original Beauty and the Beast mm-hmm. story. Ooh, and um, Very nice. It's a, it's a very different take on Beauty and the Beast. But I just love all forms of Beauty and the Beast. And yeah, same. what some of you may not know is that Beauty and the Beast, the original fairy tale, was actually drew some inspiration from one of my favorite myths of Mine all time. Too. My favorite Gre- Greek myth is the myth of Eros and Psyche. And it draws heavily from that because, you know, Psyche was this reported beauty. Aphrodite got really mad and sent her son to be like, make sure she falls in love with the ugliest person. And then he fell in love with her. um, Steered her away Mm -hmm. into his um, into his like secret lair, but never let him see her. Right. And her sisters, he finally like let her sisters come visit and her sisters convinced 
psyche that, that he must be a he monster. must be this ugly yes. monster and that's why she can't see him that's why mm-hmm. he won't let her and so that's like the story of eros and psyche i absolutely I adore that myth. me too it's, it's probably why favorites. you know it's kind of playing out right now in lore olympus as of today there's been some recent chapters where we are actually exploring eros and psyche oh, i really love rachel smith is the um artist and author of the webtoons Lore Olympus, which we are huge fans of, mm-hmm. and it's playing out and it's wonderful, and I love it. So anyway, I just thought you guys yeah, would be interested the, um, to know about that. That is awesome. I, I'm glad you mentioned that. There's also a very famous sculpture. I think it's called The Kiss of Eris and Psyche. It's one of my favorite. I saw it. It's at the Louvre. Yes. It's at the Louvre. Yes. And that's I used to actually have a figurine. I'm so sad. I broke it. I bought the figurine the first time I went to Paris. And the second time I went, I completely forgot to get a replacement. Yeah. <laughs> so I put I'm it in one of my book series because I just couldn't not because I just beautiful. loved it so much. Go look it's up so that, pretty. Go look up that sculpture. I don't know what yeah. the title of it is, but it's Eros and Psyche thought, and it's at the Louvre. Yeah. I feel like it's like the rebirth of Psyche. Not rebirth. I, I thought it was like... Uh, is that a stamp on your hand or a bruise? <laughs> it's a stamp from the th- play last night. Oh, okay. I know. I feel like I was clubbing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the sculpture was called Psyche Revived by Cupid's Kiss. Yes. So love, I thought the word love. kiss was in there somewhere. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's beautiful and I love it. So anyway, we love when we love Beauty and the Beast retellings in general. And we especially love this book because at least today, James just has like a really cool take on it. Yeah. And I just love it. Yeah. If our hero seems a little familiar in profession and personality, that's because Eloisa James based some of Piers off of Dr. Gregory House, MD. And it's so shows I it's love awesome it. so she actually mentioned this in the back in her um, in her author's, author's note, note in the, the back mm-hmm. and she was like yeah I definitely took inspiration from house because he does I mean he yes. has he's all growly he has, and... you know this injury on his leg and he walks with a cane and yes. he is just this sarcastic super asshole. snarky to all of his he's patients a doctor it's just it's <laughs> honestly great it's, it is it's, it's, it's really great and it's he so has good. you know he's not completely modeled off off of doctor house right. he has some other things going very on original. in his life. Yes. Very original. I mean, like, but I really, really, really love how instead of having like a beastly exterior, it's more of his personality that's yes. the beastly part yes. of him. Yes, I do too. He is terrible with people. He's so awful. He's so He's bad. So awful. I mean, and oh God. I just laughed I really all just the way through love it. it. I yeah. love that type of spin that Eloisa chose to take yes. with this. And I love that it just rolls right off her. Like it does right. not phase her in the least. I think that that's their interactions between the hero and the heroine. Some of the, are best, the best I've ever read. It's really honestly. amazing, honestly. She's yeah. anyway. <laughs> Eloisa, let's talk about Eloisa for yeah. a second. So she Newsy News and Romance Landia will be publishing under her actual real name of Mary Bly in the future. And her first book that she's going to be doing, all we know is that it's going to be about a Shakespeare professor falling in love, which it's kind of based off of her yeah. because she is a Shakespeare yeah, professor. I, I'm going to one click the shit out of that. Oh, fuck yeah. Like, I'm like, as oh my soon God. So as I'm it's assuming available. it's contemporary because it's but Shakespeare. But this is professor. super exciting. Yes, to see I don't her. I don't know if it'll be like contemporary. Contem- I mean, it could it be could completely. Be. It could but be completely. Yeah. Or it could be, you know. Just not as re- it may not be regency. It, may it be could more be modern. regency because she could be a professor. I mean, I don't know. Is it going to be a male professor in Shakespeare? I don't know. I don't know if it's contemporary, yeah, we don't know. but or we want to know. But we just want it, and we want it. We're going to read it. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever it's about. That's really cool, though. 
I'm, I'm, I'm excited, excited about her. it. I'm mm-hmm. excited about it. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Characters. our MCs. Yes. I'll give you a little yes, bit of yes. background. So for our heroine, we have Lynette Thryn, daughter of a Viscount and a notorious mother. She's <laughs> found herself embroiled in scandal after she enjoyed the occasional flirt with the Royal Duke of Sussex. Yep. And she wore a particularly unflattering dress that made her look <laughs> pregnant. But you know that era—they had those high-waisted things. It's the most unflattering dresses, honestly. Gosh. So she's ruined, but her father and her aunt may have a solution. The Duke of Windenbank has an unmarried son with a beastly reputation who is in need of an heir. Mm -hmm. Piers, Earl of Marchant, heir to the Duke of Windenbank, and an unconventional doctor, is a surly, (laughs) difficult man. His favorite method of communication is sarcasm. <laughs> the best. He's set his estranged father the impossible task of finding the most beautiful and intelligent woman for him to marry, since he has no intention of furthering their bloodline to appease his father. Mm-hmm. So those are your characters. Yes. A woman in need of a husband, a man who wants no wife. Yep. And he is not afraid to push them away. They are, That's what we have. They're genuinely two of the great. best characters I've ever read. And mm-hmm. I, I, I have I had forgotten how good it was. Until I haven't we read Eloisa James in quite a while. I knew I wanted to do this book, but I hadn't reread it in a yes, while. Same same. I haven't read any of her books in the past couple months. And yeah. so I forgot how good this was. Yes. And I was blown away again. I think I that this is why I'm such a rereader because I love going back to books that I know yes, that are super she, good oh and get this feeling again. And oh. I did. It, she's so masterful. Like I remembered certain events in the story and I remember think, being emotionally punched mm-hmm. by it. And I was again. And I'll talk about it when we get to that point yes, later. Yes, exactly. So on that note, yeah. we're going to enter into the spoiler, yeah, spoiler section. spoiler section. Y'all just need to go read this, honestly, it's, if you've it, not. If you have not read When Beauty Tamed the Beast, please go pick it up and then come chat with us because we're going to be spoiling the shit out of this book. Yep, so. here we go. Okay, guys, we are in the spoiler section and it nice. is showdown time. You it's know what that time. means. So Juliet's going to hit us with her favorite scene of When Beauty Tamed the Beast. What's your favorite okay, scene? Okay, so this might be a little bit shocking, but I'm going for a very serious, darker scene. Oh my God, I know what you're going for now. Okay, go. Okay, so I know it. It's the end, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so mine is after he pulls her from that fucking chicken coop. Oh my, it's and terrible. That in- yeah. I couldn't I, even imagine. The, I started crying from that moment and did not stop crying till the end of the book. Yes. I, honestly, I, it was I just it, tears rolling I down my face. I think what face. makes this scene so powerful is that for the entire book, he is such this surly curmudgeon pushing yes, everyone who loves is. him away. He is. And whenever he's faced with the love of his life, like possibly dying, dying. he like his heart is just yes. broken open. And so it's that spilling. whole, yes, my showdown scene is really that whole night and where he is, he's taking care of her by himself. He's she's, talking to her the whole comatose. time. She is completely in a coma. She does not even hear him. And he's just talking to her and talking to her and talking to her and, you know, and, it's the most beautiful things that he says to her. And he is, y'all, he is crippled on one side of his leg. He has to carry her down this hall. He has to stop. It's like After so carrying painful. multiple buckets up 
and down yes, the stairs so with no help of a for cane. Him. It's like, but he, he won't stop. He won't he, stop. He's physically, he's physically just like you know drained. Drained. He's done. But he is doing everything he can to save her. Yes, he's like, I can't stop because I love her too much. And you know? he has so much regret for the way that he pushed, that her, he pushed away her away right away. before. Yes, which it makes was that it emotional even more impact. emotional. Exactly, it was that emotional because impact he's like, of how he can't like, end like this. Yes. You know, yes. I was a fucking ass. And he just now can't he's, believe. And he's even saying things like, if you die, like, I will die. Like, yeah. it's just ugh, the emotional oh, no. upheaval of that okay. entire well, your scene, is scene wonderful. was beautiful. Your scene's and, wonderful. Yeah. What's yours? It's fucking gutting. Thank you. <laughs> it was. Thank you for that. Let's was, start we'll off talk more with about the most later. gutting scene ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good okay so my showdown scene is actually whenever they first have sex um <laughs> that was a good one too that's so, so funny that should be my scene <laughs> the reason why i really love this scene is because so much happens in it whenever they get caught in the guardhouse after going swimming because this welsh thunderstorm comes there's hail. yeah they're yeah. stuck in this guardhouse and they're practically naked yeah um because they were caught unawares but so much happens because um Piers actually explains to Lynette, our heroine, who's a little bit naive in some situations, that he's actually not impetent. Yeah. Because um, he definitely gets aroused. Yeah, he definitely gets aroused <laughs> around her. And so they have this whole conversation. The banter is really fucking hilarious. It's so funny. And she's just like, oh, I feel like a fool or whatever. And then he also explains what where his injury came from. And this is a big scene because this is Piers. She asked him a couple times throughout the novel and he would never explain. Right. Because she's like, what, what happened to your leg? Yeah. Why is it like that? Yeah. Why do you limp? Why do you have a cane like yeah. what's going on and he finally says you know my dad whenever he was an opium addict mm-hmm. he had this hallucination that i was like demon and he yeah. threw me into the fireplace and there was like you know equipment fire pokers whatever right and it damaged his, his leg he had muscular mus- mus- mm-hmm. muscular death anyway yeah so that was a revelation so it's him opening up emotionally and also because the sex scene is pretty damn funny, I have to say. It was. Um, so first of all, they're kissing and stuff. They've already kissed before, and Lynette was pretty enthusiastic. He was, like, nipping her lips, and she was, like, being all sarcastic back. But in yeah. this instance, she's lying back, and she's, like, imagining that she's being, like, dominated by him. And so she's just like, I'm just, like, a little slave girl, and I'm not going to move, and I'm just, oh, I'm being taken. And he, yes. he's like, why Why do I feel like I'm making love to a rag doll? Why? Yeah, he's like, you, you, knew you how did to not kiss like yesterday. this before. What yeah. happened? He's like, you knew how to kiss yesterday. What happened? <laughs> she's waiting to be ravished. And she's like, okay, let's oh, scrap that. She's like, let me scrap that. We're not going to be a slave girl anymore. We're going to be like participants. And so I just feel like it was one of the yeah. most funny things because not only does she hit us emotionally with the actual story of Pierce's right. leg, she also gives us this fucking hilarious sex scene between and sexy. Lynette. You know, he's yeah. actually explaining like what it means to be like hard and what it means to be yeah. soft. And it's just like he's like if you would have so known much. a little bit more about that, you would have known that I could not be impotent yes, with my. It's, uh, it's you just know. so much, and I think she does it so well. And I'm she just like does. I don't know anybody else who really could make a scene like that. Both like, funny all and of that sexy, in there. And it's crazy. Also, just it's fucking hot it's good. too. Her it's sex good. scenes are really hot. So Very. I mean. Anyway, Very that's memorable. my showdown scene. I love that scene. So it's I'm so all good. about that. I'll, so good. Yeah. All right, guys. So we're going to get into the breakdown now. So we start off and we have Lynette, our heroine, and she possesses exceptional beauty, just mm-hmm. as her mother once did. But unlike her mother, she hasn't done anything to earn her new notorious <laughs> reputation. This is the funniest <laughs> shit ever. 
So a few kisses with Prince Augustus Frederick, which weren't even that enjoyable to her, in one ill-cut ball gown. And (laughs) now everyone thinks that she's carrying a royal bastard. Also, she got like, she didn't, she ate like a bad prawn, which I love saying prawn. It's a shrimp. Yeah, a shrimp. (laughs) And she she threw up because it was nasty. Yeah. And so now everyone's like, she's carrying his child. Yeah, because it was like in a potted plant at some party or something. And like, oh my God, yes, she's with child. So it's just like basically just like you know the perfect storm of situation yeah i love how her father actually he's like well let me go see this dress go put it on come back down here with the dress and he's like oh my god you look five months along i did i know and then the aunt comes and they're like well what are we gonna do with her with this child she's like this child i'm not pregnant i'm not pregnant like the whole conversation are you sure are you sure five minutes ago i would have said yes but But now 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 i know you're definitely pregnant eloisa james (laughs) you're the queen of fucking fun Oh my gosh, it's so funny. I it's, literally it's the best, and she's also it doesn't help that she's like really well endowed in yes. the boobage area. And like we talked yes. about the the cut of the dresses in this yeah. in this time period, the Regency period, the very high waisted empire yeah. stuff that doesn't do and her, well like, for uh, curvy girls. Whatever, you know? who's the nurse or whoever is like it's attending with her, the chaperone is like, yes, those are rather vulgar. And she's like, yes. I can't do anything about them. Yeah, like, like I was born with these. <laughs> It's so funny. Honestly, I can totally relate because right yeah. now there's um, there's a style trend with like sheath dresses. They're very straight, and those don't work on me. We no, don't, those doesn't don't work wear on those. curvy girls. Huh? Jessen does not wear those. We need <laughs> yeah. to be nipped in at the waist. Okay, yes, definitely. I'm but with anyway, you on that. so this is one. This is one of the funny exchanges between Lynette and her father, and she says, "My figure is exactly like my mother." Her father said, Satan's temptation. <laughs> and she says, no such luck. I got a prince, but the king of darkness never made an appearance. And I'm just like. It's so funny. Gold. There's so and many funny James, scenes. Like I cannot even. Is fucking gold. It's and amazing. I tried not to include too much quotes in my notes because. But, quotes in my notes. I feel like Dr. Seuss. Okay. Quotes but, in my notes. Um, <laughs> I tried not to include too many quotes because. They're all so good, but I could quote her all day long. And basically, I'd just be reading yeah. the story. Yes. Well, <laughs> we maybe just we there's some it. we have to include though, y'all. This is it. Really they're, is they're gold. Definitely included. This, I just feel like this book was perfection from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Like in the beginning, I, it I is find nothing so wrong with it. fucking hilarious. I cannot stop laughing. And by the end, I'm literally bawling, y'all. I was laying on my side, just like wiping my face, uh, like in the kin- with my Kindle at one in the morning, like a little sad little girl, just like crying. <laughs> finish it it's so sad i'm just imagining it so we move on to wales a little scene change and we see piers he's the earl of marchant he's diagnosing a patient and (laughs) trying not to think of the constant pain in his leg um his his castle in wales is basically a medical ward like he turned it into like all patients are here yes yeah it's hilarious and so his bedside manner is horrendous but he's incredibly intelligent and he's actually making waves in like the Royal College of Physicians and he has like yeah. radical ideas about how to treat fever patients and all kind of stuff. And yeah. like, it, I mean, whenever you think about it, at this time people were like leeching them and yes. he like proved like, hey, that that th- is this not is killing good. your patient. Is, right. That's harmful. So, you know, he's he's quite intelligent. And so this is an interaction with Pierce and the patient. So, <laughs> so the good. patient's father is saying, my son is a member of the church. And Pierce says, that settles it. Everyone lies. But churchmen make an art of it. He's got syphilis. 
<laughs> Churchmen are riddled with it, and the more pious they are, the more symptoms they have. I should have known the moment I saw the prayer book. And so this <laughs> is so him. funny. This is our hero. He has terrible bedside manner, and he's very blunt with all the people <laughs> that he treats. Yeah, I mean, peers and his peers friends, and, and even his like his was it cousin, cousin Sebastian. Sebastian. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so funny. So we find out that there's bad blood between Pierce and his father, the Duke, who seems to be determined to get back in his son's good graces. Mm-hmm. So Pierce had sent a letter to his father detailing the impossible standards that he has listed for a future wife, knowing that he's being ridiculous in hopes to torture his father with never marrying, honestly. Yeah. And so his requirement is a woman as beautiful as the sun and the moon and <laughs> other things guaranteed to send his 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 um father into a frothing fit of despair as yeah. he says he's like he makes this ridiculous list that he couldn't mm-hmm. possibly fulfill it so his butler i love proof rock proof rock like love what, him. What, what, what what name i know what? i don't know but i, I love him know. i'm in love with proof rock so his butler is actually a spy for his father <laughs> and he knows it and he like always makes comments about how he's getting double paid yeah and um so he and the, he's like the worst butler like he he's like listening butler. in our conversations like yeah. like you know butlers are supposed to be very like austere Seen and not right he's like all up in his business mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he tells him that the duke sees his requirements for a wife as somewhat of a challenge yeah. and Piers is like he'll never manage to find anyone I have a, I have a reputation you know <laughs> oh Piers challenge you, you naive child yes so back in London Lynette's father and aunt come up with a solution the Duke of Windebank has a son who's impotent so say so the <laughs> Duke might welcome Lynette especially since she's rumored to be carrying a child with royal blood because he's very right. interested in like royal blood yes lines. they talked about the duke being very um worried about a legacy and royal mm-hmm. blood and their mm-hmm. name and being he claims carried to have on. like some tudor blood and so it would be right. really cool if he had some hanover blood and right did you know that the the um the prince that she lynette was supposed to be philandering with is actually queen victoria's uncle no just way. wanted to give you that yeah. little insight and he actually notorious married notoriously married twice to like people who were like just nobodies oh that's so funny anyway he was so, actually alive to so like mary help Bly his, knew her research, oh yeah obviously. i mean she's uh, obviously a researcher <laughs> she actually kind of mentions it how he had gotten married but it was an all that nobody mm-hmm. lynette says nobody told me that yeah this was the that thing this was this this was the way he this was, was thing. like he yeah. went after women who he couldn't yeah, actually but marry. i really feel like part of lynette's problem is that she's so beautiful like women were so jealous like they didn't want to like no her obviously away not and, i mean you know, you know the the people are they want to see her they want to see some drama Mm-hmm. They want to see some drama. So, um, actually, Lynette's naivety about sexual encounters is <laughs> demonstrated when she doesn't understand what it means to be impotent. And right. this comes into play later. Like, so this is funny. important. This is how she had a mother who was notorious. She had affairs. Like, right. she knows this. Yes. But she didn't quite understand it because mm-hmm. Lynette doesn't feel the same kind of desires that her mother has. Yeah, she doesn't. She's like, I don't understand what the big deal is all about. Like, right. I don't so, get those... And she thinks about that whenever she goes to her mother's room just to have a little break from all the drama that's going Mm -hmm. on. And she thinks about how she misses her mother, even though she wasn't really the best and had more interest in her lovers most of the times. Right. 
But And so she's thinking about something her mother said, and her mother says, but darling, love is just not enough for women such as myself. I must have adorations, verses, poetry, flowers, jewels, not to mention the fact that Francoise built like a god and hung like a horse. <laughs> so she honestly has no idea what that means, the yes. expression like hung. Yeah. Like, has no idea. Yeah. It comes into play later. It does. And it is wonderful. It's I, so Honestly, funny. Eloisa James is really good at foreshadowing and yes. just like giving us little breadcrumbs that mm-hmm. are fulfilled later. And so I had to include that in there. But she does say that she really doesn't share her mother's wanton nature. Mm -hmm. She thinks that kisses are messy and flirted with the prince only to discourage other men from pursuing her since she wasn't really interested in them. But obviously that backfired. I mean, (laughs) look where you are now. Exactly. So Lynette thinks that this is a wild idea about marrying the beastly heir of Windenbank. And, um, but the only thing that she really thinks that something's going in her favor is that if he's impotent, then she won't have to suffer through like kisses and stuff. And she's like, oh, this right. could be a good thing. Yeah. Like we'd just be Maybe like it'll friendly. Work. If he's and... really desperate for like an heir, I think we could be, I think it could yeah. work because she's yeah. not interested in all that shit because she's, she's had like little boys, little men slobbering right. over her. She really doesn't like it. So the Duke arrives at their townhouse to escort Lynette personally to Wales. (laughs) So during the two weeks of travel with the Duke, Lynette had had to listen to him praise his son up and down for being like a medical genius. Like she, he will not shut up. He's like obsessed. Yes. About how amazing Piers. She even is like, you know, like complains about her megrums, her headaches. (laughs) He's like, I need, I need, I need some alone time. So he goes in the other coach. So, and she just ends up reading the whole time, which is so hilarious. Then we get, this is where we get like the bell beauty and the beast aspect. Mm -hmm. I can just see her. She's like lounging in the coach stretched out with her books. It's not like a huge aspect of the book, but it's, it's no, there. it's just it's mentioned. There. Yeah, and she's it's definitely there. Yes, and uh, and I just thought it was very cute. And she's very intelligent too. She's from very reading intelligent. All of her books. Yes, and I also love that as well because that's definitely the kind of woman that someone like Pierce would need and Which be attracted is great. to. Yes. So um, the Duke obviously loves his son and is very proud of him. And this is important to know because when we see them together at first, it's like, it's like wait, wait, but you really love him, but he really doesn't but love you. But he really doesn't love you. What's at going all. on? Um, it's kind of a shocker when they first it's see each great. other. great. I love it. So they arrive at the castle to zero fanfare. There's like no one greeting them. No, like where is the <laughs> Earl of Marchant? Yeah, even though the Duke likes sent word ahead, like he should see this entourage coming up the walk and be like all welcoming them. Yeah, like them. we're here. Like, Hi. Yeah, no, no, here's, your, no. here's your fiance. Yeah. <laughs> the butler's like, um, Pierce is in the West Wing, you know, dealing with patience. I always, whenever I hear the West Wing, I hear the Disney's 90 version. It's forbidden. It's and forbidden. I'm just like, <laughs> Don't go into the West Wing. <laughs> but in this in this case, the West Wing is not forbidden. It's like forbidden. the hospital. It's yeah, the hospital. It's Hospital. It's so cute. It is cute. I know. And so the Duke impatiently eager takes Lynette with him to watch peers and his students diagnose patients, which I think is so funny. Um, and so Lynette mistakes the lean, intelligent, handsome doctor, which happens to be Sebastian. Yeah, his cousin. Sebastian. She's like, oh, he's very astute and oh, he's very, he's he very clever so, and he's so oh, handsome. Yeah, and, yeah just, I could. She likes the look of him. Yeah, she likes. He the looks look of intelligent. Him. He looks like just. Like he has like, authority. I can totally marry mm-hmm. this duke. Yeah. I mean, this heir to the dukedom. He mm-hmm. looks perfect, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, she sees the duke actually smiling at the surly, rude man mm-hmm. who is sarcastically like y'all cutting 
not only Sebastian and all the doctors, but the patient even. Yes. Like, that's just like, mm-mm. You know, and just cutting them down. Yeah, he he's like teasing his patient because his patient, his patient has, has a, a swollen, swollen tongue. tongue. He's, like, he's like, say something. And then he, yeah. and then he laughs. He's like, like, say blue. He's like, blue. <laughs> It's so terrible. Pierce is like, an asshole, guys. I know, he's such a dick. He's it's definitely so an asshole. Oh, but he so, knows his shit. <laughs> oh, he definitely knows everything. And that's the good thing. It's like he actually is a great he's doctor. He's trying to help people. Yes, he really he's is. He's not a people person, he's though. He's just, he's, a, he's an asshole. Mm-hmm. So when she finally sees the real Pierce, her first impression is that he's huge and that he didn't look civilized and he should be leading hordes of Vikings or out berserking. Um, <laughs> like, what the fuck? This dude is I really ginormous. like it because you find out later that one of Pierce's the top weight that he likes to exercise is swimming. Swimming. And whenever you think of a swimmer's build, they have huge broad shoulders. Definitely. You know, their wingspan yes. is like it's insane. It's like ginormous. And so if you yes. think about that, like somebody who has a really like big Like these Olympic swimmers, upper tor- yes. Or upper torso. Mm-hmm. He has some fit thighs and stuff like that. So definitely not like the svelte figure that's like in in like Vogue. Sebastian yeah who's Sebastian. like and he had he's that lean. French accent and yeah. he's just so sophisticated and charming so Piers and- is just this brute of a man oh god yes you know with a piercing eyes he's like a little intimidating okay so Lynette is taken aback by how unwelcoming Piers seems to be toward his father um, he says to the room at large, look who's here. My father actually managed to find a woman more beautiful than the sun and the moon with a faint ring of contempt in his voice and accompanied by dear old dad, no less. Oh, so the Duke is not getting a warm welcome. And oh Lynette's my God. like, what it's, is going on it here? It is icy and cutting mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. So when he approaches her quite aggressively, yeah, she's he's like, like he's like lurching with his cane toward her. <laughs> like, this giant beast of a man. I love it. And stops when he's toe-to-toe with her. Lynette realized that she could either stand up to him starting now or she'd spend the rest of her life being bullied because she's yeah. convinced, like, I'm going to marry this guy. So right? this is whenever I absolutely knew. I already was was team Lynette. But yes. like, this is whenever I knew because I was like, oh, she's quick on her feet. Mm-hmm. Like, she had a game plan. She's like, oh, he'll be easily kind of manipulated. Not manipulated, but yeah, easily easily swayed because, you know, he probably wants a wife. He can't have kids. So, right. you know, he's getting me. I know I'm beautiful. <laughs> exactly. My mother's reputation precedes me. And then she's faced with this. And then she's She's like, mm-hmm. that's not going to work. She's like, she's like, let's do it's a like, heel turn yes, and figure out another try, way. Another strategy. And something she does, I and mention, I really love it. Yeah, I agree. And something I wanted to mention about her beauty, which I find very interesting, and we only see it really toward the end of the book, that, okay, she is exceptionally beautiful. And we've talked about this before, even in our Pet Peeves episode. Mm-hmm. I said, I hate it when a character is beautiful and she doesn't know. Like, she's clueless, like, I'm beautiful, you know. But Here's Lynette. She's been told it her entire life. She is exceptionally pretty. Okay. She mm-hmm. was just gifted with that yeah, beauty. Her mom's looks. Right. And so she is also a very humble character. Like she doesn't flaunt it. It's not like now she does like tease with her little smiles, like to the guys and stuff like that. But it's not like she uses it as a weapon like her mother did or anything I to think that, that effect. I mean, if she would have a um if she would have a desire to have men fall at her feet, she could do it. But she since she doesn't have the it's that desire towards exactly. men, it's not part of her personality. And also yes. whenever she figures out that, you know, whenever she's teasing peers a little bit. 
and she employs her like smile that usually gets men and she figures out it doesn't do she's kind of like huh this is kind of nice yeah so she honestly likes the fact that Piers is like seeing her as as just a woman by her right exactly that's what that's where the attraction plays in later is because she may be beautiful but the reason why she likes Piers is because he's like yeah you're beautiful so what so what exactly and that's what I loved about it and I love about her I want to talk about it more later because yeah. I don't want to get to it till the end because that's where I feel like it really like comes to shine through. Anyway, yeah. we'll go into it more, but mm-hmm. it's it's just a very interesting perspective on beauty and totally a beast, agree. You know? I love it. She she's phenomenal at this. Yeah. So her strategy has changed for sure now that she's met him and she knows that playing flirty is not going to work. <laughs> But, you know, she is a very intelligent woman, so she's going to use that to her advantage. Lynette matches peers in the sarcasm department, and I love it when he comes at her with, this is so funny. My father did inform you that I'm planning to live a normal lifespan, didn't he? And she fires back with, he didn't mention it. Sometimes plans change. One can only hope. Yeah, like, I hope you could die soon. (laughs) You could die early, and I could inherit it all, you know? Um, this is the perfect way to respond to Pierce. Absolutely. Because he's expecting this little wallflower to just yes, kind of wilt. This pretty little diamond of the uh, ton. And she doesn't you know? wilt whenever no. he's being intimidating and aggressive and mean. Honestly, it's the only way she could have responded. She, the only I way. I feel like. And I love how he's like, he looks at her and he's like, interesting. Yeah, he like, just goes, interesting. <laughs> like, like you have piqued my interest, little, you little scam. If you can't tell, this is one of our wonderfully favorite books that oh, we God. love to read because yes. it is great. It's, y'all just hang on. Yeah, hang on. We're better. only in the beginning. I know, I know. Piers turns to address the Duke and says, and you must be my father. So now we, <laughs> we are all wondering what the hell happened between them. You don't know what your father even looks like? I think you the know? contrast between the Duke and the carriage talking Piers up to such an extent, yes. it seems like... We think like they know each other well. Yes. Obviously the father and loves the son, but it's not the other way around. Mm-hmm. So I really like how this is kept a mystery for I a, do too. a really good portion I do of the too. novel. It's very it's not revealed brilliant. why exactly. We get a little hint here or there, but like the big main thing doesn't happen until, you know, past the midway point. Definitely. It's it's great storytelling. Wonderful. So while walking through the hallways, Piers casually remarks that Lynette's pretend belly because <laughs> she had stuffed, y'all, she had stuffed a pillow in there to pretend that she was carrying appeal, the pillow. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. So she th- say. <laughs> she thought like he wanted her to be pregnant too yeah. because he's impotent, right? So, um, but he's like, you know, that doesn't fool him. <laughs> I love this other part. And Lynette's like, oh, but I think we're perfectly suited. And he's like a barking mad doctor. That's me. And a wickedly conniving beauty. That's you limping along together in a lifetime of happiness. I hardly think so. <laughs> so we definitely see that he has like some, I don't know. If, I guess it would be self-esteem issues. Definitely. Yeah. He doesn't think he's a catch. Yeah. Or at least compared to him and Lynette. Like whenever right. he's like, right. oh my God, you're like ridiculously yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Like actually is beautiful, more beautiful than the sun and the moon, which I requested. But yeah, his why would you want me? thoughts about her are really amazing. And I love like when Sebastian starts flirting, he's like, not, not no, but fuck no. Yeah. That's kind of what's in his head. It is. <laughs> So Piers actually starts making real conversation with Lynette, which is important, you know, mm-hmm. and tells her about his students, one of which is his cousin Sebastian, and he's a French marquis, mm-hmm. a really good surgeon, actually. Yeah. Who is in who is in England hiding from Napoleon after escorting his own mother and Piers's to Andalusia. I do love the backdrop of the French Revolution, Me too. the it's French very terror. Yes, it's just mm-hmm. cool. 
So Lynette knows that she'd miscalculated when she counted his incapability as a plus. And she said that it made him uninterested in her charms, which meant their marriage would never work. So she's right. just like, oh, well, this is this is just dead in the water now. Yeah. yeah. You know, I might as well just enjoy the time that I'm here. So Piers and Lynette seem to come to a mutual understanding that they won't be marrying. But the announcement mm-hmm. has already been made. So right. <laughs> they're kind of stuck for a while. But I also love that. he's. She's like, but it's already been announced in the post. He's like, well, by all means, we can't do anything if it's in the post now. <laughs> we have to marry. Very sarcastic. It's like I so said, funny. sarcasm is their love language, oh, honestly. It's beautiful. So in order to get away from his father, Pierce takes Lynette to the sea and shows mm. her the rock pool that he swims in and yes. says, you know, you can try it if you want. You can swim if you want. And she's just like, ladies don't swim. Right. You know? And so she really doesn't know how to anyway, mm-hmm. because like, it's not like the norm. She's never even seen the sea. So she doesn't know too much about it. Yeah. Her father prefers to be in right. London. And they have and to get pretty bare when they do this. It's pretty I really risque. love it. And they actually showed it in the TV series, Victoria, how mm-hmm. they had like the bathing machine where you would like go in this like almost like little bitty like carriage thing and they would mm-hmm. like roll it into the sea and the ladies would change into their bathing costume and then that hop out and crazy because they couldn't like be seen right in outside bathing suit, yes you know in the sea <laughs> anyway they showed in victoria it's very funny and Piers kind of mentions it that he sends some of his some of his patients to the coast to like right take the air right and so um Piers kind of needles her into possibly trying to swim yeah and um he's like i don't even know why i'm suggesting swimming a lady would never put a toe in the ocean here it's cold oh, you know and she's like i would challenge <laughs> challenge like, but i would reverse psychology folks. oh definitely Piers knows how He's to so use smart. it so whenever Piers says that his household is terrified of him and that she should be too lynette seems quite unimpressed and she says <laughs> that maybe he should try harder <laughs> Piers responds with maybe you should marry me which is only half a joke yeah it's an ongoing point, joke it is at this point exactly just like Juliet says it's an ongoing joke because first of all he's surprised her at every turn right so he's already at least attracted to her intelligent at this point and throughout the novel you'll see him making a joke of maybe we should get married but like it's it's, so but he's also like haha i'm never getting married we already know that Piers is at least a little bit enthralled with her oh yeah so that evening, we see Piers trying to be unaffected by his fiance's beauty, and he even reminds himself that her bosom was just a functioning mammary gland because you know he's a doctor and he just like you know it it's serves like, a I've purpose. I've seen so many of these; like yes. it shouldn't affect serves me. a purpose. Right. It's not sexual, right. but he he's like, but it's impressive. <laughs> He can't not. (laughs) And he's also thinking about her laugh. He thinks, you know, she laughed again. It was alarming how much he liked that laugh. She was really a dangerous woman. Yeah. I do love how he compares them to Aphrodite and Athena in one. Oh, my God. That's so right. So he does because he admires that she's really beautiful but really smart. And he said it's a cross between Aphrodite and Athena. You're so correct. And so he's kind of jealous of the attention she's getting from his cousin, (laughs) Sebastian, and the other ducklings, which is actually. She calls them ducklings. She names them ducklings because it's like peers, you know, down the hallway lurching down. And and then they're just like following him. Yeah, just following him. Like he's like the mother (laughs) duck and all of his students are the ducklings. And even Proofrock starts to call them ducklings, which is so cute. It becomes a thing. Yeah. So, um, Pierre steps between Lynette and Sebastian saying, my fiance. (laughs) 
<laughs> he's already so doomed, guys. Oh, yeah. At this oh, point, yeah. he's doomed. Yeah. Because he just did a claiming scene and Juliet's like yes. hot and bothered yeah, right I now. Yeah, I was already like, oh, yeah, he yeah. wants her. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. It's over. <laughs> so he's really adamant about not marrying Lynette, even though she would only she would be the only woman he would consider if he were so inclined. Yeah, if he were like so he, inclined yeah. that way. Mm-hmm. He thinks about that. And Pierce can't help but want to be around her and tells her that he'll take her swimming tomorrow morning because this is the thing. They've already kind of mutually agreed that they're yeah. not going to suit. He doesn't have yeah, to spend so, time with her. Right. But right. he's going to make time. Right. right. You know? And what's so funny is the fact that he's already laid it out there that we're not going to marry, but let's just... Let's just talk. Let's yeah, just be let's friends, just right? Like, they don't say that, but it's yeah, kind of like... he's still kind of claiming her yeah, in public as yeah. his fiance. So, <laughs> Piers, how Piers, hard are you really you denying this? <laughs> I know. You poor sweet thing. So, the funniest thing, y'all, is he wakes Lynette up the next morning. He's like sitting on her bed. This is so inappropriate. <laughs> so inappropriate. Yeah, I mean, being um, alone in her room... He's also, she's not a very great morning person. right? <laughs> and he even has, has to, to like, like poke her books, like to threaten to like push them off the shelf. Yeah, there was actually like, like a box that her mother had given her, like this like jewelry box or something. And she was like, that finally got her going. It's just, yeah. he's such an asshole. <laughs> yeah. And I love her reaction though. She's like, actually, this is sort of fun. He's like, what? Having a man in your bedchamber with your reputation? I thought that would be second nature. She's like, your reputation led me to think you'd be witty. So we're both surprised. I mean, they are just Guys, tit for tat. I mean, after me. each other. It's killing so, me. So the banter in they're here is so off good. the charts. Amazing. So as they make their way to the rock pool, Lynette tells Pierce that he is exactly the sort of man she would marry because he isn't salivating over her. She's so sick of men just like falling at their feet, drooling all over her. Like I said, it's a plus that he's not just like the beauty isn't the only thing that draws him in. Right, right. She's attracted to his intelligence, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Lynette gets a little glimpse of the booty. Mm -hmm. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. When starts to undress and and apparently it's impressive. Um, Before he remembers that he told her he would keep his smalls on, he's like starts to go. He's like, oh, so sorry. I I forgot. I think he did it on purpose. (laughs) I think so too. Myself, I think he wanted to flash her. I think he wanted because he knows he he has to know he has a good body well first of all he exercises all the time yeah i think that he he's was got just a like, swimmer's body like, come yeah. on yeah he did fit. it on purpose guys yeah i mean even if he's got this like mm-hmm. you know injury in his leg he knows he has a good body and he's he's yeah. sexy we're just yes. gonna leave it at that yeah, we're gonna leave it at that <laughs> so she jumps in the water um after get after getting quite a bit hot and bothered and pierce has to jump in after her <laughs> Because she, she can't it's so swim. cold. She can't swim and it's so cold. And she like clings to him. I feel like like a little wet cat, like, mm-hmm. you know, on of him. Of course she would think of a cat. Okay. it. <laughs> because uh. it's just, <laughs> be quiet. It's so cold. Okay. And he tries to pry her off because he's also um, uh, turned on, guys. Yeah. I mean, like, we don't get that sense now, but that's why he's trying to because he's like, oh my God, this woman's body. She's just in her chemise. Yes. You know what yes. I'm saying? Which like, is she's nothing. nothing. Which is nothing. It's transparent at yeah. this point. Yeah. And I think she, very thin, wet t shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all over him. And he's just like, woman, float on your back. Yeah. So after a brief lesson on floating, Pierce does his laps and then, and, and I love how he says he has to do his laps so he can get his, um, 
basically hints that he's got to get his uh johnson down oh yeah definitely you know? i mean he's he, I mean, is, he usually does laughs but he's like i'm gonna stay in here and cool off you yeah know? and i love how lynette she, and this becomes sort of a trend for her when they go yes. to the pool she there's takes many meetings the, yeah many, i love this pool she takes the towels and sort of cocoons herself in, and then eventually she sort of unwraps them and lets the sun bathe her. And she's she just uses like all three towels all of the that towels. they brought. Yes, and you know he he always has to ask for he has one. to ask for one, so she'll peel one off her torso and yes. give it to him. And she's all you know very very sexual, <laughs> very. The funniest thing happens when innocently comments that she feels like a fool because her mother once made a comment about men hanging between their legs right down there but she's like you don't hang at all you stick straight up <laughs> and she's still so this is pretty much laughs, at this point it's a joke between peers and the reader because lynette has no idea about no having hard-ons and, and she doesn't she has no clue what that means she doesn't mm-mm. understand if he was impotent that would not happen exactly right and, and so th- peers is laughing because it's like oh well it's a good thing that you don't realize that I am not impotent. Yeah, because it's even even after this point, she's still making cracks about him not being able to have children. Yeah, you know, because he's still impotent. Thinking like, oh man, this is freeing, knowing that he doesn't feel desire for me. Yeah. Which he <laughs> he's got a raging heart on because he has a raging heart on at this point for her. So oh, it's just very so well funny. done, extremely well done. Yep. So Lynette's maid tells her of the betting pool that the servants all have. Okay, between uh, between Piers's group and between Lynette's, Lynette's. group, they're mm-hmm. all voting who is going to fall. Yeah, for they're who. like, oh, Lynette's beautiful. She'll have him yes. snared no time. Oh, Piers, and they're like, oh no, Piers is like he would you never. Can't, you he can't. would never. Mm-hmm. She could not capture him yeah, no. at all. Um, so Lynette is bored in the castle. So she d- visits the non-infectious patients. And I love this. She meets the little boy, Gavin, um, who leads her to believe that he's dying when he is really there for a broken leg, which is so funny. <laughs> the like, scenes are great. It's so funny. Um, she want, And she decides she wants to make changes in the patient care since their families are told they can't visit. And being bedridden is so boring. And it also, like, it's so cruel. You yeah, know? Like, it is. I they, mean, they might die. So you need to go away and never Pierce see them again. doesn't handle this part of the process he's no. into diagnosing not patient care yeah, nurse matilda they call nurse her matilda. i forgot what her real name is yeah she's like mrs something yeah they call but, her um she's just like she doesn't want to deal with all that honestly right. so right. she just like let's cut out let's just say like you can't come but yeah you know lynette's like that's cruel now i know so there's this little boy by himself you know he's adorable i he love is, him i love gavin he's so cute so then pierre's mother arrives which is wonderful from France, and the potential for drama definitely skyrockets. The, I mean, the Duke has not seen her in a long time. Yeah. And we learn very quickly that he's still in love with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem was that the Duke, okay, so when he had his opium addiction and after she left him, because he was still just so immersed in himself, he spread all these rumors that she left because she went with some other man, and none of that was true. So she basically, he basically, you know, blackened her name they were in love they were until in he love was an opium until addict. he was an opium addict and he right. ruined it right so that's the problem is that, that is the problem they were in love and he betrayed her yes and so he's now she's here and he's here and exactly. it's like what's gonna happen and so just so you know she did remarry and have a wonderful marriage until he got his head decapitated during the terror exactly <laughs> in france Bye. so Okay, so that's where we're at. So before dinner, Lynette dresses to her best and admits that she is doing so in the hopes that Piers will notice her. We start to see that she's starting to have feelings. Mm-hmm. There's an undeniable current of attraction between them. 
The sexual tension is amazeballs. Off the charts, baby. Amazing. Um, Lynette is included in a conversation between Piers and his mother where he assures the former Duchess that the Duke no longer takes opium. Yeah, so here's where we start getting the hints that the Duke has not always been what we see him to be. He, right. He's been something Right, other. and he's like this wonderful character from the very beginning, but yeah. he has a past, obviously, and some regrets. Yeah. And but it, I and love, too, that Piers puts his mother at ease about that. Right, exactly. Because, you know? I mean, she's there, she's worried, and he's like, he's no longer doing opium. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, this is definitely a key to, to understand. Definitely. Later on in the novel, when it is revealed that he had a part in Piers' injury. Yes. This is definitely a hint to a reader. Right, definitely. So it's obvious to, to Lynette that the Duke is still in love with his ex-wife, and Piers is very cynical about that, calling him a positive disgrace for looking so longingly I love at how her he's so dismissive at his father's obvious attraction to his yes. mother i know he's like he's just he's disgusting he's got to yeah. stop looking at her like that yeah like he's just like enraptured with her you know yeah. and the best part is she knows it the mom knows it and she's just flitting around getting Later her scenes are wonderful. so good so lynette expresses her sympathy to Piers at growing up with an addict and Piers credits his becoming a doctor to that experience yeah, so that so was like, very yeah, unique it's not, all, it's not all bad yeah and i love that he he's he, i don't know cognizant or self-aware enough mm-hmm. to know that you know yeah. it's really great Earlier, also, she had sent a note to the Duke saying that she should return to London since, obviously, her and Piers won't be marrying. Mm -hmm. But she sees how he looks at the former Duchess and tells him that "Mm, they can stay a little while. So Lynette's kind of playing matchmaker. Like, oh, I'll give you a chance. I see how much you look at your ex-wife. Like, I think we can stay. And he's like, oh, really? Like, he's so excited. Yeah, she was set on leaving, but she's like, there's no way I can part them right now. You know what? It doesn't, it doesn't, it's, it's not harmful that she's also attracted to Piers. She's in like, she likes those morning dips in the pool. Yeah. (laughs) So the Duke looks at his son and says, you'll never marry, will you? And Lynette tries to comfort him by saying, Piers will have to find his own wife. So he doesn't feel forced into doing it, which is a right. very true observation. Yeah. And Piers, as he often does, tells Lynette, maybe I should marry you because he obviously appreciates her correct insight into the matter on marriage and his feelings toward it and the situation. And Lynette asks him whether or not he gets tired of acting like a boy. She yeah. kind of calls him out. Like, she does. You're, like, you're, you're so, like you say like one thing, you mean child. another. Can like you you're stop? very like, oh, here's my toy. I like it, but I don't don't like it mm-hmm. like i'm gonna play with the newer toy whatever yeah so she calls him out on that well Piers weighs her up the next morning <laughs> for yet another swim by dribbling chocolate on her face that looks like pockmarks and i commend eloisa james because this is definite foreshadowing definitely because he's like oh look it looks like pockmarks your face is all you know messed up yeah foreshadowing yeah. for later i know but they're all flirty i mean it's all good now i mean I they're know. all flirty lynette observes that though Piers might be incapable he definitely seems to feel desire for her because he's like ogling her oh, he's God. looking at her he can't transparent stop it chemise that like yeah. her breasts are just pretty much out and things start heating up pretty fast from there and they're really close to kissing when lynette needles him by saying i've been kissed by a prince and pierre <laughs> says ah competition i and love he kisses it the hell out of her it's because awesome. he is, he's a competitive by I nature i love her thoughts about that too where she's like i didn't like all that tongue he was always slobbering in my mouth mm-hmm. but now it's so different but whenever it's the right person it's right i've always oh, said yeah. this like dirty talk could be really cheesy but if you're with the right person it's like <laughs> oh but this is this hot. is fucking hot so <laughs> exactly 
that's always been my opinion. Agreed. So at dinner, there's a lot of flirting and pining going around, like on all sides. Yeah. The former duchess is dressed to impress with her boobage all out. <laughs> she's she, ready to torture the duke. Yeah, she's tormenting him, and she's flirting with all the ducklings. Mm-hmm. And Lynette and Piers are throwing each other steamy looks. So it's just very much, it I is. mean, love it's is awesome. in the air. It's, love is in the air, it's, guys. And such fun scenes. Just Great such fun. fun banter. It's all the way throughout the book. Mm-hmm. Sebastian tells Piers that his mother will never take back the duke unless Piers forgives him yeah which is very true that's yes. just holding her mother back yes. I mean, his mother back because we can see if she didn't care she wouldn't be putting on this performance right. but she does and sebastian knows this and he's like Piers, you're holding your mom back i know like, and I, but i love the duchess I love, I love the that, duchess you know, too. she's, she's great. loyal to her son but also still thinking maybe there's a chance exactly you know? nothing wrong with hope Mm-hmm. So the next time that they swim, Piers and Lynette get caught by a finicky Welsh weather. Here we go. Showdown scene. And have scene. to take cover in the guardhouse practically naked. Darn it. Oh, my that God. That old dang Welsh weather. <laughs> of course, the inevitable happens because forced proximity are favorite. Yeah. As Piers explains that he is, in fact, mad impotent. He's like, he explains, you know, the birds and the bees. Like, this is what happens. Yeah. Men hang whenever they're not, you know, ready to yeah. have sex. If they're hard, that means mm-hmm. they can. You so know. Uh, he doesn't want to further the ducal bloodline, and he tells right. her that. And he, it's kind of in spite with for his, his father. Exactly. He doesn't it want is, to further this line. It is this deep seated revenge for his father yes, yes. for being an opium addict right. for hurting his mother his so badly and for hurting I him i feel like i feel like honestly yes he he's in terrible pain all the time and it was probably terrifying being a six-year-old child and having your father mistake you for a demon and throwing right. you in the fireplace but probably most of it is in defense most of, of it his i mother. think it's his mother i mean I what it did to her yeah and but that also shows what a good man it does is it does so he um, burns himself on lynette now yes. lynette knows the story right and they go on for a few days like this stealing moments together between attending to the patients yeah hot and, moments y'all yeah they like refurbish the guardhouse. It's like their little <laughs> private love nest. Their little nest. I love it. Mm-hmm. And so Lynette makes some changes to family visitation and also activities for those who are bedridden. Like she gets one of the wives who said it's oh, yes, terrible. And have like a I'm, little, a, I'm, I'm quilting. So like, like she's a like, sewing circle. Would you come and yeah. you know, occupy some patients? So we already see how well they're doing with intertwined lives. That's what I was thinking. She would fit into his life so well. Yeah. I mean, you know? she's very, she's interested in what he does. Yeah, she would take up that aspect of care for the patients mm-hmm. that he's too... He's uninterested in. He's uninterested in, and he just doesn't have, he doesn't have the patience for it, you Exactly, know? and he recognizes, he's like, huh, that is a good idea, right. but I would never have that thought. Exactly, and I love that, that he does recognize that. It's not like he blows it off, but it's like, oh, you know, you're right. You know, and so exactly. he, he instructs Nurse Matilda, listen to her, Yeah. you know? I love how I love that conversation, but we're not going to go into it. <laughs> yeah. So then one night when Piers is trying to escape Lynette and his growing feelings, like he's literally like looking at her, pining over her. And then he's like, oh, shit, what am I what doing? What am I doing? So whenever, so whenever one of his ducklings comes in and says that one of the fever patients that were admitted seems to be taking for a turn for the worse, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I volunteer. I'll go look at him. Yeah. 
So he checks him out and he discovers that it's actually a highly contagious and deadly disease, scarlet fever. Scarlet fever, y'all. Yeah. So Piers realizes he has a few patients with the similar symptoms yeah. and he predicts that this is going to be like an epidemic. Yeah, this is quarantine time. Yeah, because whenever he figures out the route of the person that he was taking, he was like, he was like, a, um, what, what was he? He was doing Some like sort grains. of delivery. Yeah, yeah delivery of grains, grains to uh, different towns. So, I mean, he's going all over to the different villages in the area right so it's definitely going to be bad right so he orders his butler to enact the evacuation plans for the castle and to send notices to the surrounding villages to quarantine infected patients and also on the proper method of care right that he's researched and said like this is the proper this is care how you handle you do it for fever patients mm-hmm. So his mother, the, the former duchess, refuses to leave Piers, and Lynette suggests she stay in the guardhouse because, I mean, Piers and his mother are like at a stalemate. She's like, "Who will care for you if you get sick?" He's like, "I'm never right. sick," but she's not leaving. <laughs> she's guys. like, "I'm not leaving." She's not you. leaving her son. I'm not. Piers tells Lynette once they settle that that the duchess is going to stay in the guardhouse. Piers tells Lynette that it's goodbye forever. Like, okay, you're off to London. I hate this because she's like, I'll stay. I, I'll mm-hmm. do something. But he's and like, he's no. Like, he, he realizes it's been fun. It's been mm-hmm. good. And he honestly probably would have wanted to keep her there longer. longer. But he also realizes, like, she's going to leave sometime. I'm not going to marry her. This is as good a time as any. Right. And whenever he tries to push her away, Lynette cries and says that she loves him. It's so heartbreaking. It and she, she's like, I know me. you're in love with me. Exactly. And he says very cruelly that their physical relationship meant nothing and that she's imagining love, that there isn't, it's not there and that she was just <gasps> so there painful. and eager. And that's really oh, gutting God. to her because she's just like, so I was like, eager. So that's like, like her a mother, con. like her own mother. Exactly. She doesn't want to be like her mother. She doesn't want to seem wanton. She doesn't yes. want to seem. So He's basically called her a loose woman. He's like, get much. away. Yeah, it's it's horrible. So it's pretty devastating to Lynette, even though she's like, I know you love me. But it's also, it hurts to have the person that you love tell you that. Yeah. But she's not dumb. She yeah. sees what he's doing, but it's yeah. still, he's still doing it anyway. Right. Seeing how much right. it hurts her. And she finally gets into the Duke's carriage. But she also sees whenever the Duke comes in there, that the Duke wants to stay with his ex-wife. And Piers... And, and and also Piers, he doesn't want to leave his wife and his son. Right. And she tells him, she's like, I'll be fine. You can stay here. I know that you want to stay with the Duchess. And he tells her that he'll send the rest of her escort to meet her at an end because she's like, I want to get away from here. And he's like, they're packing yeah. up all your things. Yeah. We'll send them to you. Yeah. So she is so sad. So she leaves by herself with just the coachman and she's headed off to meet the rest of the Duke's party at an end. That's mm-hmm. the last we see of her. Which is... Just a little, <laughs> just a little insight. I'm not very good. I'm not at all good at pronouncing Welsh names, but there's two towns that sound super similar. Yes, they have like just like a little bit consonant difference. Yeah, it's like Lord and Wheel and Lord Well or it, something. It's I don't like know how to speak Welsh. Similar. I'm not even gonna attempt uh, it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, no, I, no, I definitely didn't do that right. No. <laughs> But it's very similar. You can just tell in the spelling. Mm-hmm. It's just the very tail end is slightly very different. different. Mm-hmm. So, y'all, it's an ominous feeling. She's bawling, crying. She's very upset. She's alone, and she's headed back to London. So, 
we jump to six days later and Sebastian, um, they just, they've sort of like, they're starting to see the, um, swelling, the fever patients, the fever patients kind of are starting be- to come back down, starting to stabilize and everything seems to be a little bit more normal. They haven't had as many people come through the door fresh mm-hmm. with the disease. Um, the Duke is holed up with his mother in the guardhouse. Sebastian yeah, Seb- tells them. Sebastian just informs him of this. Like, yes. They've been like, going oh, on with patient care, trying to save these people. And then he's yes. just like, you do know your dad's still here with your mom in right. the guardhouse. And they've been like lovesick teenagers right. together. So he didn't know this the whole time. He's like, well, at first it's shocking. He's like, wait, my parents. And then he's like, wait a second. So who went with Lynette home? Because mm-hmm. the Duke really was supposed to go by this. home. He's really bothered by it. And I love how Sebastian is like, what do you care? You sent her away. I know. It's like, what do you care? She's not your worry anymore. (laughs) Sebastian is egging him on. Like, you threw her away. You Mm -hmm. told her to leave. Like, Sebastian Mm -hmm. is just like pushing him and pushing him. It's so good. It's like, yeah, yeah, you did, Piers. And, you know, I mean, he comforts himself and Sebastian does too. Like, oh, she's fine. She's probably in London already. She's probably in? She's fine. Yes. She's good. So, um, so but he's still, it's still like worrying him. He's like, there's something in the back of my mind something with dancing it's like bothering him and he doesn't know so we go to the next scene and we have Lynette Lynette is she's like you can tell oh, by her train of thought that she's not quite there in her mind that it's she's kind of lost six days into being in six scarlet days into fever being, yeah y'all she's quarantined in a dirty chicken coop she can hear the innkeepers talking these horrible people and the doctor saying, oh, there's nothing you can do for her now. Yeah, we've, she's obviously yes, near death. She's obviously near death. You've done all you can. I've leached her. So we already know that Pierce has said that leeching is like the worst thing. So when they said that, I was like, oh, shit. She is in dire straits mm-hmm. right now. She's barely like in and out of consciousness. Okay? I highly doubt that they were even giving her water. Yeah. So. Th- yeah. I think they gave her like a glass of water. The very last scene is she, but they leave it there for her and it spills all over. Well, she she's can't trying even function. To ask, though. She's trying to ask for yeah. water and they don't understand her they're like oh it's just seizures like she's having another seizure yeah Let's just leave her alone yeah you know, she's un chicken dung okay yeah. it's horrible so we do hear that they say how the ducal carriage uh she was in a ducal carriage but she didn't have any clothes and she didn't have a chaperone so she couldn't have been a lady so that's why she they're just very many clothes so we can tell that there's something bad about these innkeepers whatever that it, have been shoved her something in a chicken nefarious coop is coming okay on. I mean, yeah definitely yeah so um then we jump back to pierce and something has been niggling at the back of his mind in connection with lynette something about dancing and he couldn't figure it out and he finally realizes that one of his students i think it was kenzie was the first one to bits. show it was bits was it bits mm-hmm. okay well bits one of the ducklings uh was uh one of the first ones to show signs of the fever, he was dancing with Lynette very closely. He even remembers, I think, like maybe coughing or whatever. Mm-hmm, you know, coughing's how it spread. Right, in her vicinity. And he's like, oh my God, Lynette must have had it. So he freaks out, y'all. When I say flips freaks, the fuck out. flips the fuck out. It is pretty intense. And he's like shouting and ordering the footman to, you know, hurry and, and all of this stuff. And Sebastian the whole time is trying to calm him. He's like, look, she's probably already in London. She's probably already being cared yeah, but for. Now he's like, if Lynette's in danger. Yeah, I've got to be gotta the one. I've got to check on Yeah, because I'm the doctor, right? Mm-hmm. I'm the only one who can save her. He orders his footman Bullard to accompany him to investigate if Lynette had spent time in the town that seems to not be following his recommended care for sick patients. <laughs> and his father wasn't even sure which town. Yeah, then because there's t- two towns that sound right. very similar. He's he like, says one town, and the other one says the other. And he's like, 
no, those are two totally different places, you know? I mean, spoiler alert, the two towns, he sent Lynette to one, but he told the other party the To go to town. the other. So. Right. In his panic, he finally realizes that he's been an idiot and that Lynette is his. He's like, you know, she's mine all along and what have I done? And he's like having this sort of epiphany and now he doesn't even know where she's at. Mm-hmm. And he tells Bastion that he has a wife to find to bring home and marry. It is like wonderful. It's finally his come to Jesus. Yeah. When he realizes. the possibility of death looms over his yes. affiance. That she's like, like somewhere we don't know where she's at. Piers. So finally Piers arrives at the end and he quickly works out that Lynette is there and the innkeepers seem very nervous. Like These they won't. Innkeepers. He says Freak me out. I remember this very specifically. He says it repeatedly. Take me to her. Mm -hmm. And they continue to dodge and evade and whatever. We can do anything about her. her. Wait right here and my wife will bring her to you. Mm -hmm. Like they don't want to see where they put her. Yeah. Because they know they've done bad because they're bad people. They're bad people. Yeah. It reminds me of like the um the Denadiers and Les Miserables. You know, oh, the that's ones. True. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Just One, like 100%. Or, that's what I was getting the feeling of. So um, he finally forces um, them to bring him to Lynette, his wife. He's yeah, like, he you, keeps calling he's her like his the wife. Duchess. He's like, he's like, what did you do with the Duchess? You know, like the Duchess, they're like freaking oh, yeah, out. It's like completely <laughs> yeah. off guard. Yeah. And so he finds her covered in these terrible conditions. She is. In the chicken coop that is closed up, so there's no air getting yeah. in or out. So, and he already knows that would cause the disease to fester, mm-hmm. right? She's covered in sores. She looks skeletal. He she's can barely so recognize her. Yeah. Like he, he can't even believe how much weight she's lost in six days. He tells the innkeepers, "I love this whole scene." Who obviously stole Annette's clothes and the ducal carriage, mm-hmm. and they're even like debating whether or not they killed the coachman. You yeah, know, outright. He's like, you probably killed. The you coachman. probably killed the coachman, so you could take. They're like, this. no, we swear no, he was. No. He died on his own. Yes, he died on his own. I don't know. These people are so shady. I, I, super shady. So we never know, but honestly, yeah, yeah he, he's like, don't you ever. Ever come to come Wales back. again. Like, you better beat, beat, yeah. it, beat it right yeah. now. He's like, this end is now mine. You basically get the fuck out. Yeah. Okay. And so Buller, who obviously is a, I love this guy, who's like backing him up. He's like, he makes sure they get the hell out. So Pierre sends Buller back to the castle to the rest of the night to and to return the next day with like a fresh, he's like, I'm going to need a fresh mattress. I'm going to need clothes. I'm going to need help. Like bring every, you know. Yeah. Like first Sebastian of all, he arrives at the end at nighttime. Right. So he's like, you can't return in right. the dark. Right. So he's like, rest, with recuperate at the castle. Come back with help. We're going to yeah. need it. Yeah. And he did bring like a bag of some of the ointments and stuff Sebastian had sent. But, you know, this he is obviously. a little bit, but he's going to need. Enough. He's going to need help <laughs> physically. Physical backup. Because yeah. this is, y'all, she is on the cusp of death. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he stays. And this is my showdown scene. He tends to Lynette like all night long. He talks to her as he washes her body. And then he cuts off her hair because it's matted. And he tells her that she might scar. It's. Just the things in it's, it's horrific. It it's is horrific. horrific. But he's doing everything he can to keep her alive. Right. It's all about saving her life. He could give a shit about her beauty, about her hair, about and all that's the, the things point. that he does. That's care. what I think is exactly. It's so he just wants her to live. It's a beautiful moment because he could care less what she looks like after this. I want to start crying just thinking about it. Don't cry. <laughs> I'm getting emotional. <laughs> Because he just loves her so much. And it's like, it's all pouring out in these scenes, you know, when he's just speaking these beautiful things to her. He says, 
If you weren't in a coma, I would be hurting you. I couldn't bear that, Lynette. Not after the way I already hurt you. <sighs> I'm getting all emotional so again. So obviously he recognizes that yes. he's a complete and total yes. asshole. Yes, and he and as we and said he's before, regretting it. I mean, obviously, severe regret. This is and he I may think that's never why, be able to tell Lynette he's sorry for how he acted. I think that's why this is my favorite scene, and it and it's kind of later too at, at the very end, but where we finally see that hard exterior has been broken and he is just this soft underbelly is mm-hmm. showing and he's just like, God, if you're up there, save her, you know? Yeah. So we have this very uh, long struggle through the night where he physically is exhausted, um, making sure he does everything he can to keep her alive and um, get her clean and get, you know, like all the stuff from the, the fever. Grime. At the one grime, point, he has the to chicken. transfer her between one bedroom and the other because the mattress is completely soaked from it's all soaked. the water that yeah. he's used. And by the time he gets Lynette into the bed and brings up another pail of water to actually get her to drink, he's completely spent and he collapses. Like he can no longer physically go on. I can't even, I can't even put it into words. He's in agony, but he doesn't care. It's so beautiful. It's like unreal. And I hate to say that he deserved to suffer because he doesn't, but he, in a way it's like his atonement for treating her like that. Exactly. I completely forgave him after this. It was like, it's so obvious how much he loves her. He needed to struggle. Mm -hmm. I feel like this was his struggle. This was his getting back into her good graces. Yes. For being such an asshole. So beautiful about this story is that so oftentimes in a lot of these, we get the struggle is just a mere. I'm so sorry for what I've done. I'm an so apology. Right. An apology, some, which is or some good. Like, it's a start, right? But show me, yes. Show me that you're sorry. And a man who is physically impaired, having to like physically, physically exhaust his mm-hmm. body to save somebody. It's That's beautiful. great. It's just Eloise James. I don't. Yeah, know. your perfection. You're Thank you. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Thank I, you for this story. Okay, I'm done. No. <laughs> so Lynette dreams of peers and thinks that when they marry, she'll have to stop him from bullying her because she's like <laughs> hearing him talking to her. She's hearing her. Yeah. Him. Not yeah. aware, but still his voice is present. And she eventually wakes up for a minute to see Piers in bed with her. And he tries to get her to drink water. And she tells she tells him, she's like, love you. And he says, then live for me. Live. Yes. Like he's begging her. Yeah. After three days, she's finally out of the, wo- the woods. And she's like coherent. She notices that the skin on her arms are very red and scaly. Very, just not beautiful at all. And Piers tells her he had to cut off his her hair. And so this is just like one blow after another. She's waking up. She's looking at her skin and she's like, what the fuck? He's like, you have no hair. Like anybody would be affected by this. Yeah. Any person. Anybody. Even a person who's not like, oh, I know that I'm completely beautiful. Somebody yeah. who just a normal person. Just a normal is just person. Like, this is not how I see myself. Now this is what I have to deal with. I think it's very real. I, I I I see, I empathize with her struggle about beauty. It's not about beauty per se. It's about, you know, it's about how other people recognizing yourself. And it's like, this is not, this is not me. Yeah. And how would people see me? Yeah. You have to have self-love and she's not loving herself no, right now. She, she really kind of hates what she's become. And mm-hmm. I, honestly, this is what I was talking about in the very beginning of the episode where her beauty, I think, because there is another moment where they talk about the, I don't know if it was the pockmarks or something where Pierce asked, would it be worse for an ugly woman or a beautiful yes. woman and to she said be a beautiful, woman. Like a beautiful woman? And this is where we see it. It's like she's been 
It's almost Praise like it's just beauty. second this nature. Has been That's her, part of herself for her whole life. It's not a life. tool that she wielded, but it has been in her repertoire. Exactly. And now she doesn't have it. Well, and it's just like become, been part of who she is. Like, mm-hmm. I am beautiful Lynette. Even and though now that I'm she not. doesn't normally use it to exactly. her advantage, it's exactly. still gone and she still feels the loss. Y'all, so it's fucking powerful. Asks, yeah, I mean, it is. <laughs> so she asks if she'll scar and he says, sometimes yes, sometimes no. They really don't know. Right. And he tells her that she won't look like a boiled lobster in two weeks. This is not like the thing that you want to hear from the person that you love. Like, Yo, oh, you look like a boiled lobster. He's still constantly bedside, bedside saying manner, that. Bedside manner is like not great. And I don't think he realizes how pain, much he pain doesn't. she is emotionally. He absolutely doesn't. Because he's just like, I love just, you. You just yeah. said you love me. We're fine, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. he thinks they're yeah. fine. she's like, mm. So he's, like, <laughs> completely oblivious to Lynette's emotional turmoil that's happening. Yeah. It's yeah. devastating I, I'm, to I'm her. I'm still crying while I'm reading all these chapters, by yeah. the way. So it's devastating to her, especially after the less than stellar reaction from her maid whenever she walks in and she's, she's like, oh. finally called to take care of Lynette. And Lynette's just like, oh, well, if you think I'm terrible, then yeah. how can I face the person that I love, you know? Yeah. And Lynette pushes Piers away as she mourns the loss of yeah, her she's beauty. Like, she doesn't want to be married for pity. She's, she's like, I don't want anybody vain, to, But she's also like, not, I mean, she's just like, why would I want you to marry me because you feel sorry for yeah, me? Yeah, I don't want anyone to marry me because they feel sorry for me. Like, I'll just yeah. be alone. And that's what she says whenever her maid was like, oh, but I heard... I heard Lord of Yelverton announce you are to be wed. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I'll never marry anybody. No. So she's taken back to the castle to rest <laughs> and recuperate. But she refuses the entire time to see peers or really anyone. Because anyone. She's very embarrassed even by the she's servants. A, exactly. Anybody but her maid yeah. who's already made her feelings clear. Yeah. But her maid she's thinks she's person. known her so long. She's she not feels a like a person, friend. But you know? just like the instant gut reaction. She's like, really oh, she's like, yeah, she's like, oh my God, we've got to do something about that. I hope but that doesn't she recognizes yeah. that she does not want Pierce to see her yeah. like this. And yeah. Eliza, I think she, her name's Eliza. Eliza, yeah, she's very much on her side. Yes. So she's a good maid, just like, she's you know, very a much. human. So Piers is hurt and annoyed at Lynette's continued sulking and insistence that she is returning <laughs> to London. She's like, I'm leaving. As soon as I'm strong enough, I'm gone. Yeah, I'm out of here. So he and his father have a heart-to-heart, which has been needing to been happen. I mean, it definitely, they need to talk about their feelings and what's been going on with the past. And he eventually forgives the Duke for hurting him, and the Duke says he's marrying Piers' mother again. Yeah. And I love awesome. that. I do, their, too. Their it's gift. so good. It's, it's an H-E-A within an H-E-A. It is. So it's lovely. It is lovely. Lovely. I will say, can I just say at this point, though, in the game, even though, like, Pierce is frustrated with her, he's like, what's your problem? Where you love me, I love you. He's not yet apologized for what he said to her when he pushed her away. Mm-mm. You know, even though we know he's obviously come past that point, I, I'm, I'm still waiting for it. At she this hasn't point. given him an opportunity to right. have that one-on-one yeah. conversation yet. Yeah. So the Duke gives Piers a little insight into Lynette's mindset and thinks mm-hmm. that she believes she's no longer worthy of Piers yes. or desirable. Yes, exactly. This is the thing. <sighs> Piers sees himself. Maybe he's good looking, but his personality supersedes that. And he's just like, nobody would want to be stuck yeah. with me. It's like, he even tells Sebastian about? at one point, like, me and this woman of exceptional beauty will only spell one thing, misery for her. Right. He's very aware that he's not a catch personal exactly. personality-wise. Exactly. And he still doesn't and see her any differently. 
He doesn't. And so this is, I mean, that's definitely for in the forefront of his mind. He's like, this is, I'm not worthy of her. Yeah. And whenever the Duke points this out, he's like, but maybe she feels like she's not worthy of you. But he's not understanding because he's like, no. but why would she like, be I, worthy I, of me? He's like, he doesn't even get it. And I think it took took some time for him to realize how painful her getting the scarlet fever, what it's really done to her emotionally. Yes. And the thing is, I don't think that he weighed his intelligence as something, something that he admired in Lynette so much was her intelligence. But he doesn't think that his intelligence is also attractive to her, which is the truth. Exactly. Because all she's ever been told is, I'm beautiful. And that's my worth, you know? So I, he doesn't realize this yet, but the Duke, he's smart and he's like, maybe she doesn't think she's worthy of you, which is Mm -hmm. true. So Piers forms a plan and with (laughs) the help of Sebastian, (sighs) they kidnap her basically from her bed because she won't leave her room. Yeah. And they roll her up in a bed sheet. She like dies (laughs) underneath because she doesn't want anybody to see her. No one. She wants no one to look at her. It's fairly easy to get her. Yeah. And they roll her up in the sheet (laughs) and they bring her to the rock I love how Sebastian's like, She'll never forgive me. And he's like, <laughs> so worried about Pierce that. is like, don't worry about it. Like, just trust me. You like, <laughs> like I don't this care. Is the plan. So Lynette is furious, and as soon as Sebastian leaves, um, she like bursts out of all the sheets. <laughs> and Piers is just like having none of her nonsense, and he yeah. even throws her in the pool. He he's like, get in there, in. get in. And she's like, he jumps in with her, and he doesn't. She doesn't want him to touch her, right? And so he's like, well, you better swim. So they swim, and she swims for laps, and he follows her, making sure she's not going to drown because right. she's not she's a great weak. swimmer. Well, you and know? she's still recovering exactly. a little bit. Yeah. So she does laps until she's exhausted, and then he like lifts her up, and she goes huddle in her towels, like only her nose is peeking out. <laughs> it's so cute because she doesn't want to like expose her skin. Yeah, like, her ready nose, her little pink nose. So eventually, she like you know puts her head out, and then like exposes herself to the sun she finally gets comfortable and peers mm-hmm. does laps in the pool until she is in that comfort zone like leaves her alone to her thoughts and just like lets her stew and he finally comes out and he goes up to her completely naked and he's hard and he she even yeah, says she's, she's like, like how wrong can with you, you want me yeah like what is wrong with you from having a hard on right now yes <laughs> But he finally, they talk. They hash it out. Like Juliet said, they haven't had that moment to really yeah. talk about yeah. things. They hash it all out. He, They talk about Everything. whenever he pushes her away. Yes. And they get all of their insecurities out. And he even confesses open. like what it, when he, when he thought she was going to die, he's like, I never yes. would have forgiven myself. He's like, I still won't ever mm-hmm. forgive myself. I mean, it's, we see the um, very um, apologetic soft side of Piers and she needed to see that the emotional vulnerable oh side God. that he really never let anybody see it's so beautiful it's so fucking beautiful I can't because he already is vulnerable physically but he doesn't want anybody to see yeah. his vulnerability emotionally yeah his beastly side but he com- needs hides to get all that. that he needs to air right. that out for Lynette and she he needed finally to see knocks some sense into her and says that he's in love with her and it's not out of pity. Like, right. she wants to say, like, oh, you're marrying me out of pity. Yeah. It's like, no, it's not. It's not at all. And he finally convinces her that of that. And they find... And he whenever- also 
shows her the, uh, where he um, they wipe the towels down. Right. They find that the salt water in the sun has helped her skin. Mm-hmm. And they rub it off with the, with the sheets. And they find that she's not even scarring. Yeah, she's just that pink her like new strawberry. Pink, pink skin. And he's like, oh, you're like a berry. And it's really funny because Lynette's actual middle name is Barry. Yeah. It's really funny. Yes, it's a, it's yes. a little private joke between them that becomes an epilogue. But um, so they wipe it off and they make love by the pool. I really love it. It's lovely. Really I love the pool satisfying. scene. I love it's so the pool's like a representation of just like their love developing. Their, yes. Like, their entire relationship from beginning to end. It it's, is. It's lovely. And exactly. The the epilogue actually ends with a scene at the rock pool. Yeah. So So it's years later. And they have kids. Yes. And Piers and Lynette are swimming. They have two children, a boy and a girl. I love it. It's from the little boy's point of view. The little boy, John, <laughs> is completely like his father Very in scientific. Very scientific Very scientific. Yes. And he, does, he doesn't understand why, you know, his little sister gets a lot of attention because she's so pretty. Yes. And he just like, I want to dissect a frog. Like, he's just like very, like his dad. <laughs> yeah, he's like, dad. maybe I'll find a frog I can dissect. He's like, why does exactly. my dad look at my mom and then like he's that? Like, <laughs> and he's like, mm, so you love mom and you love me and you love my sister. But like, why do y'all have to have a third one? Like, yeah. you, is it necessary? Because <laughs> she's having another. It's so funny. I just really enjoy the epilogue because it's it more about, it's more about, you know their children and it's, and it's almost very like, and Piers is very accepting of the family he never wanted like the little boy's like mm-hmm. so you love mom he's like very much and the way know? that he deals with like his little boy's tantrum because yes. he has issues with his anger Just which like is the, the same like Piers yes. and Piers is very yes. like he always kind of wondered like he doesn't want to be like his father and right. harm his child right. exactly. and you know he deals with his son's anger issues very well so I just feel like it was a good epilogue and I really enjoyed Yo, it. It's just She's like, just honestly, amazing. one of the most perfect historical it romances I've is. ever read. It's one of my favorites. It is absolutely one of my favorites. It's definitely my favorite Eloisa James book. And like I said, like this makes me want to dive back into some of hers I've not read yet. For sure. She so, has a vast, just, she and has I'm a vast dying to find out what this Shakespeare professor Me too. book is going to be. I mean, be. she definitely has one of her new releases, Historical, and I'm still unclear whether or not her new books under Mary Bly are going to be in the historical right. um, genre or if they're going to be more contemporary. I mean, mm-hmm. it could, I, as soon as I saw... Shakespeare professor, I immediately thought contemporary. <laughs> yeah, me too. Which I think she could do very well. I would love to see but her. But I do don't it. care if it's historical or not because I, I think that she's just one of my top historical right. writers of the I, time. I don't care what she writes. I love her so. writing. I love her presence on social media. I love everything about her. And I'm Same. excited to see what happens in the future. Absolutely. We're here for it. Exactly. Eloisa, everything you do. So we hope that you enjoyed today's episode and we look forward to the next one where we'll be discussing Dirty Talker by Piper Rain. Thanks so much for listening. (laughs) This goes out to all the fangirls. Life's better with a little H-E-A. 